Welcome to the service. We're glad you're here. Grab your Bible. Grab your Bible. Turn to Matthew chapter number 21. Matthew chapter number 21. Let me say it is good to be in the Lord's house today. I'd rather be here than any jail I know. Say amen. Amen. We are glad to be here. Glad to be here. There's nothing more important than gathering with the saints of God. Because we are an endangered species. We are living in a world that's getting more ungodly by the day. And it's going to get worse. Jesus told us it's going to get worse. He said, you might as well expect it. The perilous times shall come. Uh, it's going to be more difficult. That's why he said, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Because we're going to need each other. We're going to need each other. We're going to need to pray for each other. We're going to need to encourage one another. We're going to need to edify one another. We're going to need to help each other up when we get knocked down. I need a witness. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter number 21. Uh, uh, really, we're go- the, the, the message itself is going to come from verse 18 to 22. But I want to go back. I want to go back to verse 12 and read the story, read the part about him casting or cleansing the temple. Because these are two things that happen. The cursing of the fig tree and the cleansing of the temple that kind of go together. And I'll show you what I mean by that. All right. So let's go back to verse number 12. If you're in Matthew 21, 12, say amen. Amen. It says, and Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the table of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. And he said unto them, it is written, my house shall be called the house of the house of prayer. That's going to be very significant at the very end of this message. When we wrap this up, the house of prayer. But ye have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple, and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were sore displeased. And he said unto them, Here's thou what they say. And Jesus saith unto them, Yea, Hey, you never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise. And he left. Be careful criticizing worship that you don't understand. Now, I know I'm, I, I, I may be going a little in the left field here, but there's something significant about that. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. God will be attracted to worship and praise. And, and when you criticize that, God will be repelled. Amen. I ain't going to charge you nothing for that one. Verse 17. And he left them and went out of the city into Bethany and he lodged there. Now let's, let's pay close attention to what happens. Now in the morning, as he returned into the city, he hungered. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon but... Leaves only. And he said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, 
if ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do to this which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in believing ye shall receive. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your, your blessings. Thank you for the worship this morning. Thank you for a good crowd that's here to, to hear. They're hungry for your word, and I pray they will not leave disappointed. I pray that you'll speak to every single person in this room. Please speak through me. Lord, I know, I know how much I need you right now in this hour. I know I desperately need your anointing. And I pray that you'll fill me with your Holy Spirit. Guide and control every word that I say. Don't let me forget anything I should. And Lord, don't let me say anything I shouldn't. And God will praise you and thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. A couple things that we have read in the last uh, two or three weeks, we have been in the last week of Jesus' ministry on the earth before his crucifixion. He is in Jerusalem. We have, we have talked about the triumphal entry. Uh, we have talked about uh, uh, Jesus cleansing the temple, going in. I mean, you got to understand, this is, this, is, this is a significant act. Uh, this wasn't just, hey, y'all get out of here. He was flipping tables. He was running people out. I mean, there was major, major chaos. This was a huge public event. Are y'all with me? Say amen. He cleanses the temple, and then now we see a fig tree. We see a, 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 a and, and keep in mind, how many of y'all know there's nothing in the Bible on accident? Nothing in the Bible on accident. This is significant. This is not just a situation where Jesus is hungry, and he doesn't get his food, and he's hangry now. Amen? And so he curses. No, no, no. This has significance. And this is, Jesus is, is showing us something and teaching us something. When he goes into the temple and cleanses the temple, he is condemning Israel's worship. He is condemning their hypocritical worship. He is condemning their man-made self-righteous worship. They have a temple. They have, they have their own rules and they have their own religion. Paul said it this way. They had a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. And they went about establishing their own. In other words, we don't have any power of God, so we're just going to write out our own rules and we're going to live by them. And it was fake. It was fake. Jesus looked at them at one point and said, you know, you're, you're, you're like whited sepulchers. In other words, you look real pretty and polished on the outside, but on the inside, you're full of dead men's bones. Hypocritical religion. And so he's condemning the nation of Israel's worship. But then we see the fig tree. And throughout the Bible, there's many verses that, re- that, that describe and show and illustrate uh, the nation as a fig tree. And we see now he's condemning the nation itself. First, he deals with their worship. Now he deals with their nation itself. And by the way, let me just throw in there. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And I can't help but put right here, when their church got messed up, their nation got messed up. Are y'all with me? 
And the Bible says that, that every nation that forgets God is turned into hell. Hello. And so in one situation, he's condemning their worship. In another, he's condemning the nation itself. Now, here's what I want to do. I just want to cover the fig tree for just a little bit and, and, and help us. We know it's Israel. We know the application and the illustration is Israel, the condemnation of Israel, because he came into his own and his own received him not. But what can we learn from this story? What can we learn from the fig tree and what happened to the fig tree? Well, just a few things I want to give you today and then we're going to pray. All right. Number one, number one, if we're, and by the way, I would encourage you to look at other gospels. When you see something, try to find it in another gospel, which we can in the gospel of Mark. Okay. When you read Mark and you read Matthew together, you'll find out a little more information. You take, uh, cause one will give you some information. The other give you some extra information, put it together and you'll get all the information. Say amen. amen. Y'all a little slow this morning. Help us now. Amen. All right. I might be talking too fast for you this early in the morning. Amen. Uh, here we did. And that happens a lot with my translator in our Hispanic church. I got to slow down. Amen. Uh, uh, here's the deal. Jesus, Jesus is coming from Bethany. He's coming from Bethany and he, he sees, according to Mark, he sees it afar off. He sees it afar off. And there's something significant here that we need to understand that you won't get in Matthew, but you'll get in Mark. It was not the time of figs yet. It was not the time of figs yet. But when you seen the tree, it had leaves all over it. Now, this particular fig tree, this particular fig tree, they will produce fruit first and the leaves come after. Is it, if this makes sense, say amen. Fruit comes first and then the leaves come after. So it would be natural to think if it's got leaves, it's got. Okay. You with me? So Jesus, he sees the tree afar off and he sees leaves. So if he sees leaves, there must be. And so he goes to get something. He's hungry. You got to understand that Jesus is all God, but he's all man. And, and just like you get hungry. He got hungry. Just like you got tired, he gets tired. Are y'all with me? Same, same thing. He sees the tree. He goes to the tree and he looks for fruit, but he cannot find fruit. So he says, all right, ain't nobody else going to get no fruit from you either. He curses it. It withers and dies. According to Mark, it withers slammed down to the root. I'm talking it's dead and dead all over. And they marvel, they can't, un- they can't understand what's happening. Now, here's what I want you to see from this. Now, now, who does the fig tree represent again? Come on. Who? Israel, the nation of Israel, the, 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 the people, the nation itself. This is, this is Israel, okay? Now, first I want you to see this, write this down. And we're talking about the fig tree. I want you to see the assignment it possessed. The assignment it possessed. In other words, it had a job. It had a designation. It was created for a purpose. Are y'all with me? It had a job. It had a purpose. What was the purpose? To bear. Are y'all with me? God designed fruit trees to bear fruit. God designed uh, 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 roses and all of them to look pretty. A fruit tree is supposed to bear fruit. 
A fruit tree is not just to be pretty to look at. It's so you can get something to eat. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now let me show you a few verses. Isaiah 5, 1. This is in reference to Israel. He says, now will I sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. My beloved uh, hath a vineyard and a very fruitful hill. Now this is talking about God is referring to Israel. And this is what God did for Israel. He fenced it and gathered out the stones thereof and planted it with the choicest vines and built a tower in the midst of it and also made a wine press therein. And he looked that it should bring forth and it brought forth wild grapes. In other words, God had a purpose for the nation of Israel and that was to bear fruit. Luke, Luke uh, 13 Luke 13, Jesus is, is, is given another story. He spake unto this parable, a certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard and he came and sought fruit thereon and found. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard. Now watch, watch the timetable. This is significant. Behold these, how long? Three years. And when Jesus cursed the fig tree, do you know how long his ministry had lasted? Think about that. Three years, Jesus is preaching. Three years, Jesus is teaching. Three years, he is sharing and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and showing them who he is and what he is. And he's expecting fruit. And he finds none. Behold, these three years, I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. He is looking for fruit. Now, What is the fruit that God was expecting out of the nation of Israel? You got to understand if you'll go back, if you'll go back to the Old Testament, you'll find out that God wanted to reach the world. So he called out of people out of the world, starting with Abraham, and he created a nation out of them because he wanted them to be a light and to be a witness to the rest of the world and not, listen, not to crowd them out, but to bring them in, not to uh, ostracize the rest of the world and not to look at the rest of the world like they are uh, uh, forbidden fruit, if you will. But they were supposed to tell the world who God is. God gave them the scriptures. God gave them power. God gave them a special touch and a special favor and a special blessing, set them apart. And all they did was become self-righteous, arrogant, and crowded everybody out. And that's what we see when in the cleansing of the temple. All the stuff that they had put in the court of the Gentiles, where the court of the Gentiles was a place that God had provided so the Gentiles could get to God. They were supposed to be a light. They were supposed to be a witness. They were supposed to be full of good fruits, uh, good works, and good deeds, and, and a light to the world. But there was no fruit. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Amen. And you say, what does that got to do with me? Well, look at this next verse underneath that point. John 15, 8. Now Jesus is talking to the disciples. Are y'all with me? Now Jesus is talking to the disciples. And the disciples represented the church. So that's you and me. That's you and me. Watch this. And by the way, the whole chapter really, especially the beginning of the chapter, has to deal with this subject. John 15, 8. 
Herein is my father glorified that ye what? Come on, that ye. So shall ye be my. Uh Uh-oh. Can we, can we take from this that we have an assignment too? Can, can we take from this that, and if you go back, you know, uh, uh, we find that he, we, we, he is the vine and we're the branches. He says, if you abide in me and I in you, you shall bear much fruit, right? He says, without me, ye can do. And if you bear fruit, he's going to purge you so you'll bear more fruit. He doesn't just want fruit. He doesn't just want more fruit. He wants much fruit. Come on. So God has an expectation, just like he had an expectation for the fig tree, just like he had an expectation for the nation of Israel. God has an expectation for the church that we bear fruit. That everywhere we go, people can take fruit out of our lives. People can find Jesus in us. People can see good works in us. People can see good deeds in us. People can hear good words from us. Are we bearing fruit? God didn't just give you a ticket to heaven and say, okay, when you're ready, let's go. God God did not save you without expectations for you. You're to be a light. You're to be a witness. Let your, what does he say? What does he say about let your light so shine? He said, let them see your good works that they may glorify your father, which is in heaven. Has anybody bragged on God this week because of what they've seen in you? Has anybody seen your behavior this week, your actions this week and said, whoo, what a God there is. Amen. We have an assignment. Now, number two, number two, I want you to see the appearance it projected. Not only the assignment, now we're talking about the fig tree, we're talking about the fig tree. It had an assignment. What was the assignment? To bear fruit. But then I want you to see this. I want you to see the appearance it projected. Verse 19. And when he saw the fig tree, now in Mark, it says he saw the fig tree, what? Afar off, a good piece off, right? Now, now if he saw it afar off, man, this thing must have had a lot of leaves. Sometimes they get 20 feet high, sometimes 20 feet wide. They say it's a pretty good fit, uh, uh, a shade tree. Are y'all with me? And, and so he sees this thing a long ways off. And what does it have all over it? Leaves. Leaves. Now, now, here's the thing. Technically, technically, this was not really the season for figs. So here we have this rogue tree out by itself with leaves all over it. Well, Jesus sees it and says, if it has leaves, it must have. But there was. So can we say this? Can we say this? We see a little false advertising. It's projecting 
to be a fruitful tree. It's putting out there that I'm bearing fruit. Because if there's leaves, there's supposed to be And so whoever looks at it, especially from afar off, would rightly expect for it to have. Because it is professing to be a fruit tree. The nation of Israel had their religion. And they were proud of their religion. And they bragged on their religion. They were arrogant from their religion. They were professing and projecting to the world that they were God's people. But when God came, they had no. You know what? You know what? You know what God said about that? Watch this. You know what God said about that? Isaiah 29, 13. Look at there. Look at there. Isaiah 29, 13. Wherefore the Lord said, for as much as this people draw near me with their and with their lips do, but have removed their heart. Say it with me. Far from me. Wow. Second Timothy three, five says it this way. Having a form of godliness. But denying the power thereof from such turn away. Titus 1.16. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him. Being abominable, disobedient, and under every good work, reprobate. Look good on the outside. You wear your religious garb. You go through the religious motions. They were doing all the, the, the ceremonial steps, but their heart was black as night. Now, that's Israel. Now we know what happened to them, and now we know why it happened to them. But let's apply this to today. Okay. I wonder, I wonder how many Christians are sitting in churches all over America today that are going through the motions that have leaves all over them. But if you look real close, you'll find, uh-oh, I lost half of you. If you look real close, you'll find, well, there's something significant about that. Matter of fact, Jesus specifically taught on that. He, he described three different scenarios. Where there was problems in the fruit bearing process. Seeds that fell along the stony path. Seeds that was in a weedy area. Are y'all with me? In each situation there was no. Until it fell on good ground. Into a good heart. And then there was, there was, there was fruit. And more fruit. And much fruit. Are y'all with me? Now, I don't know if you understand the significance about that, but the implication that Jesus is making is that if there is fruit, there is life. If there is no fruit, there is no life. Let me, let me get more specific. If you don't have fruit, you're lost. 
You're lost. Because if you have life, there's going to be fruit. Are you a leafy, fruitless tree this morning? Yes, you're in church. Yes, you have your Bible in your lap. Yes, you got your Sunday morning outfit on. But are, are there fruit on the tree? Does your neighbor have to wonder if you are, you do go to church or not? Or the person that was in traffic with you yesterday? Or the person at work? Are they finding fruit? You know what? At one point in my life, I realized fruit ain't for the tree. Fruit is for other people. Are they finding love in your life? Are you projecting love and mercy and grace and meekness and kindness and forgiveness? Are you bearing the fruit of being a child of God? Are you showing the characteristics of Christ or do they just find a bunch of fluff? I don't care how many Bible verses you you quote, and I don't care how many you post on Facebook. If you're full of the devil all week, you're just a leafy tree. Look at the image and the appearance it projected. You know, I can I can see right now. I can see right now that, that we there's a lot of so-called Christians have a lot in common with this fig tree. We profess that we know God, but in our works, we deny him. We have a form of godliness. A form of godliness. You know, when you, when you, when you form up concrete, <clears throat> put the batter boards up in, in the form of whatever you're making. And, and when you see the form, you can kind of see the outline of what it is. But if there is no concrete, there is no substance. And that's the point here. You may have an outward form. You may look good on the outside. But if you don't have it right on the inside. Y'all with me? You have no power. You have no power. Number three. What was number one? Let's rehearse. Let's rehearse. Let's see if y'all are paying attention. Y'all quiet this morning. Quiet. Number one, we see the. And what was the assignment to bear? Then we see number two, the. It it appeared to be a fruitful tree, but it was a false, false profession. It was leaves only. Number three, I want you to see the action it provoked. The action it provoked. Listen, first was, let me just give you both of them because this is really self-explanatory. Two things took place, condemnation and a curse. Condemnation and a curse. Luke 13, 34. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto thee. How oft would I have gathered thy children together as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings, and ye would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. 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 Jesus looked at this tree and it's all symbolic, guys. It's all symbolic and it's all 
uh, listen, an illustration of the nation of Israel. He said, nobody, nobody's going to eat fruit from henceforth and forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. Listen, in A.D. 70, Rome came in under Titus and leveled everything. Leveled everything. Listen, killed, killed thousands and thousands and thousands of Jewish people. And by the way, Israel, Israel has the protection of God. But make no mistake about it, they're still under a curse. They still, listen, have to deal with, well, you've seen it. You've seen what's been going on. At one point, the nation of Israel, when they were crying out, crucify him, crucify him, said his blood, Jesus, his blood be on us and our children. And guess what? It has. What's the point? False profession. False profession will bring condemnation. It may not be today. You may get away with it today. But it won't be forever. There is coming a judgment one day. You can play your game today. You can go through the motions today. Uh, you can, you can, you can, you know, play the part all you want to. But judgment's coming. Judgment came to the nation of Israel. And judgment will come on every false professing Christian today. Now, number four, and here's the application. Here's the application. What can we take from this? What can we take from this? <clears throat> really two things. Really two things. And um, listen, this almost jumps to another subject when we get to the very end. But there's two principles and two things we can learn from this. First, what can we learn from this story? God's perception of fake religion. How God sees fake religion. How God perceives false profession. What God thinks of a leafy, fruitless tree. If this makes sense, say amen. Jesus showed that religious profession... Without spiritual reality is an abomination to God and is cursed. Now, we, we know what happened to Israel. I'm not going to go into more of that. Everybody understands what happened. They came into his own and his own received him not. God turned from Israel. Now the church is involved. But, but keep in mind, God still got a plan for Israel. So don't leave here and say God's finished with Israel. He still got a plan. Say amen. amen. But watch this. Watch this. Revelation chapter 3. I know thy works. And by the way, if you're not familiar with Revelation, uh, Revelation chapters two and three are the letters to the seven churches from Ephesus all the way to Laodicea. Are y'all with me? Seven different letters representing, I truly believe, uh, seven different periods of time in the New Testament church, period. And the last is the Laodicean church age. I believe that we are in the Laodicean church age. 
I believe we're in the time of the seventh letter. Now watch what he says about and describes the, the atmosphere and the characteristics of the Laodicean age. He said, I know thy works that thou art neither cold nor I would thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. What is he, what is he describing? He's describing a people in a group that's not in, but they're not out. They're not out of church, but they're not sold out. They're not for him, but they're not against him. There's a lot of people riding the fence. There are, I truly believe this, I truly believe this, that the, the, the hot is you're saved and you know it and you act like it and you live it and there's fruit in your life. And then there's the cold that you're not saved without a doubt. You know, you're not saved. You don't even portray to be saved. You are a heathen and you know you're a heathen, but the lukewarm is those that's not saved, but are professing that they are saved. And they're, listen, and that makes God sick. What, 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 why would you spew anything out of your mouth? Either you hate the taste of it or it nauseates you. Preacher, what's the point? I don't think there's any question I don't think there's any wonder whatsoever from what we see in the fig tree and what we see the application is and what Jesus did to the fig tree and what Jesus said about the Laodicean attitude and what the, 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 the false profession and what it means to him, how God feels about that. Amen. And by the way, go, go search the gospels, go search the gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Look at all of them. And look how Jesus treated the broken and the outcasts and the, and the castaways and the, and the sinners. And then look how he treated the religious false professors. If you want to see the difference. When he seen the false professors, he called them snakes and and, and, and vipers and, and hypocrites. Y'all with me? And every time he had laid it to them, every time he'd say, unless you all repent, are y'all with me? He would love on the broken. He was merciful to those who were sinners and know they were sinners. But those that were arrogant and self-righteous and had a form of godliness but denied the power thereof. They, if you was to see them, you'd think they were Johnny B. Good Christian. But no, it was different on the inside. And it, ooh. God cannot stand fake. If you're going to be something, just go ahead and be it. Where's your fruit? Where's your fruit? Are you a leafy tree with no fruit? Well, I can assure you this. It makes God sick. I will spew thee out of my mouth. That's the first principle. Then the last principle. Now, you remember I said it almost seems like it goes to a totally different subject. Now, keep in mind, keep in mind, 
Jesus teaches them this because of their reaction to what happened to the fig tree. They were shocked that the fig tree died all of a sudden, right? They said, look how quickly this happened. They came the next day and here it is. It's dried, slammed down to the root. And Jesus said, that ain't no big deal. And and, and this this is where you bring these together. The house of, uh-oh, come on. The house of, and, and what was the problem with Israel? He came unto his own and his own, what? You know why? Unbelief. Unbelief. So in the temple, the cleansing of the temple, he cleansed it. Because it became a house of extortion and it was not a house of, but then the fig tree had leaves, but it had no, so they had a form of godliness, but denied the power thereof. They rejected Christ because they did not believe he was who he said he was. So we have two things here, prayer or a lack of. In unbelief. One deals with a lack of prayer. The other is a lack of belief. Now in this last application, he said, let me tell you, let me tell you guys something. You think this is a big deal? You think this is something that this victory died so fast? I tell you what, you're going to do something more powerful than this. If you will pray and believe. If you will pray and believe. He said, you can say into this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. Now, let's keep in mind, that's a metaphor. That was, that was a term that the Jewish people would use for something miraculous, something powerful. In other words, you would have mountain moving faith. Does this make sense? You will do great things. Nothing will be impossible to you if you will pray and believe when you're praying. You see what he's applying now? What is he doing? The first principle, what what did we say? The first principle was what? The perception of fake religion. But B, we see the power of authentic faith. The power of authentic faith. And there's a reason I use that word. What, What did the fig tree project when it only had leaves but no fruit? He was, it was fake. Come on, say it with me. It was. But God is saying real faith. Not an outward projected faith. Not, not Not a Sunday morning religion and you forget about God till you come back next week. Come on. But there is power in authentic faith. There is, man, I feel God right there. When you have God and he is in you and you believe in him and you're trying your best to follow him, you're going to have power that you can't even imagine. I don't know why this is going to, I don't know why nothing ever goes right. I don't know why. Maybe you're fake. Maybe you got a leafy tree, but no fruit. Maybe you need to come to this altar and say, God, I surrender all and quit lying when you sing it in the invitation. Where's the fruit? Where's the fruit? Are you a leafy tree with no fruit? 
Are you real? Are you genuine? Because I promise you this. There is power in authentic faith. Real faith. I hate this. Now, now look at me, guys. Look at me. Look at me. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. From this side of the building to this side of the building. Look at me. This is so important. Do you know what Billy Graham said? You know what Billy Graham said? He said he believed the greatest mission field is sitting in America's churches. Brother Doug, what that meant is he believed that there was a ton of people who were going to church every week, but they were going through the motions and they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. I believe there's going to be people that go to hell from church pews, not just bar stools. I know this is pretty stout to have to hear this early in the morning. But somebody needs to hear this. Ye shall know a tree by the fruit it bears. Brother Scott, you ever get an apple tree or an apple from a peach tree? It ain't going to happen, is it? I grew up in South Florida. My backyard, actually not my backyard, it was the grove that was behind my backyard, but we treated it like our backyard. (laughs) Possession is nine-tenths of the law. (laughs) Oranges, grapefruits. I've I've never seen, I've never plucked one single orange off an apple tree. Why do we, why do we think, why do we think, and we, we won't, I say we think, we want everybody else to think we're something we're not. Now, it may make you feel good because of whatever, what everybody else thinks of you, but you should really not care what people think of you. You should care about what God knows about you. Because you're not going to be standing before your neighbor at the judgment. Do you care what Jesus thinks? Preacher Doug, if there's anything I want to be, it's authentic. It's real. And that, you know what? I'll be honest with you. Brother Montgomery, that's not just that's not just when it comes to salvation. That's what anything. I don't want people I don't want people outside these doors to see me different than what I am right here. Well, the only thing is I'm gonna be a lot more shyer out there. I'm in the anointing up here. I don't have it as much at Walmart. So if I'm shy, I don't think nothing of it. But I want to be real. I want to be authentic. One, because I want to know I'm saved. But two, I need that mountain moving power in my life. For my kids' sake. For my family's sake. For my church's sake. Who knows 
when we're going to need some mountain moving faith. Amen? Ask yourself, where's the fruit? Where's the fruit? Are they seeing? Don't ask yourself if you go to church. Don't ask yourself if you got a Bible. Look around. Is there fruit in your life? Can other people enjoy the spiritual fruit from the life you're living? I'm not asking you if you got the look down. I'm not asking if you got leaves. I'm saying, do you have? Come on, do you have fruit? fruit? Where's the fruit? 